Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! What's up, Montana? Welcome in. Who is now? ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Hope you have a great start to your week. Appreciate you for tuning in. I'm Coulter Nuanas, coming to you from the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than uh, 15 years, and happy to say so. All sorts of hoops, all sorts of track and field today. That's basically the uh, pretty straightforward theme of today's show. It was senior night in Missoula on Saturday for the University of Montana men's basketball team. They got themselves a big win over Portland State. It was also senior night on the other side of the Continental Divide in Bozeman. They did not get a big win. They, in fact, got a very uh, disheartening loss for the Bobcats. They lost to a Sac State team that was on an 11-game losing streak. But the uh, Hornets go into Bozeman to win. And uh, don't look now, but the Bobcats certainly reeling a little bit. Uh, big wins for both the Lady Grizz and the Montana State women on Saturday. So we'll take you all the way around the Big Sky Conference in both men's and women's hoops here at hour number one. Then hour number two, take you all the way around the state of Montana. It's postseason time. It's officially postseason time across the board. We first had the district tournaments at the Class B and C levels last weekend. This weekend... Divisional tournaments for A, B, and C. Now this upcoming weekend, we have divisional tournaments for AA and uh, some more postseasons for the smaller classifications. And then all of a sudden, we'll be into state tournament time across the wide world of high school sports, uh, high school basketball, that is. So we'll give you as many results as you can. You know, I, I try, I really try to make that part of the show part information and part conversation. 
Because if I had to sit here and read off as fast as I can all the scores from across the state, it makes my eyes go cross and it makes your brain go dead. Like you, It's hard to compartmentalize what's going on, right? If I'm just Fairview versus Charlotte, whatever, just on down the line. So I try to give you a little bit of tidbit and context about all of them. I wish we had the time to get into deep all of the different storylines. We need three hours to do that every Monday. So we'll, we'll give you all the most pertinent ones we can. We'll can it's always going to be a, a, a ever-present conversation, one that's continuing to go down the line. So if you don't hear about maybe a team you're interested in today, first of all, you can always text us. We are here to serve you. They're like, Coulter, tell me what do you think about this team or that team or result here, result there. Always text us, 406-888-1029. could also always check out the great informational uh, stuff they have on 406mtsports.com. That's the huge part of where I get all my information for all this as well. So you can always check it out there. And more than anything, though, just keep listening every day between 4 and 6 p.m. Live on the radio, 1029 ESPN Radio. Live on the television, SWX Montana TV, and live on the ESPN MT app. We'll just keep the conversation going. So we'll get to as much as we possibly can today. And then we'll also give you what went down in Spokane, Washington on Saturday as well. The uh, final day of the Big Sky Indoor Track and Field Championships. No surprise, Northern Arizona, a clean sweep. It's it's like there should just be, uh, because NAU, and this is not in the spirit of competition, I'm not being serious here, but it, it is just sort of funny. Northern Arizona's men are the number one track and field program in the country. They are ahead of all of the various SEC schools, ACC schools. I mean, the Arkansas and Clemson's and Florida States of the world. Northern Arizona is number one in the United States of America, men's track and field right now. That's crazy. It's pretty hard to beat the number one overall team in the Big Sky Conference indoor meet. So everybody in the league is basically battling for second place. So they, maybe they should just be like a, an NAU trophy and then a, a trophy for everybody else. So Montana State does come in second on each side, both men's and women's. So the Bobcats, sort of quietly because they're overshadowed by NAU, have great track and field programs going on right now. But it's just really hard to catch the... The juggernaut that is the Lumberjacks. Four in a row on the women's side in indoor track and field for NAU. Now 11 in a row on the men's side for Northern Arizona in track and field in terms of Big Sky Indoor Team Championships. Pretty crazy. On uh, the University of Montana side of things, they are on the rise. You hope so because they they fell. Montana has had times... Over the last, you know, let's say 15 to 20 years in which they were good in, in both men's and women's track. They've had times in which they were very good. Like the last time the outdoor championships for Big Sky Conference Track and Field was in Missoula. Both of those Grizz teams were very good. They both placed in the top three uh, at the Big Sky meet. And then since then, though, since that 2019 when they hosted here, because of uh, the pandemic partially, also just because of Montana State's investment in track and their recruiting uh, domination, especially in-state, and because of a coaching change. But Montana basically had, there was like a dormant period because Brian Schwain decided to resign after I think 12 or 13 years as the head coach. Then Clint May was hired as strictly the cross-country coach. That was fine, in fact, good. 
But then he got promoted to be the director of the entire program. That didn't go so well. Montana fell on hard times, and they were basically the bottom of the barrel in the Big Sky Conference. Well, now, since Doug Fraley came in, they've improved. They went from, I think, last and second to last two years ago to then middle of the road uh, last year. And then this year, uh, both men's and women's teams improved. So we'll get to all that, some of the top finishers from the the two Montana schools as well as some of the other top finishers from that meet in general, and that'll uh, help us uh, wind down here today's show uh, on Nuanas Now. Got to start with a a piece of sad news. This this actually made me really sad this morning. Steve Okanowski, they called him the Oak. He was an outstanding offensive lineman for the University of Montana in the late 1960s and early 1970s. He was the number 45 overall pick in the NFL draft by the Atlanta Falcons, second-round pick. To this day, he is still the highest-drafted Grizz player in the history of University of Montana football. He is one of the most unique and epic storytellers I have ever heard. I had the great honor of getting to know Steve Okanowski when uh, I was assigned to write his biography for the Montana Football Hall of Fame. I've talked about the Montana Football Hall of Fame a lot on this show. It's one of my favorite projects that I'm involved in. Uh, Each spring, I get to write two, three, four, five biographies, depending on how many inductees we have each year. 2021, Okanowski was one of our uh, headlining inductees. So I got a chance to, to write a biography on him. I had never met or spoken to this man when I called him up, two hours later, <laughs> we we hang up the phone, and I had more stuff to write about and also more stuff that he told me I couldn't write about <laughs> than maybe interview, any interview I've ever done in my, my journalism career. Well, over the weekend, Steve Okanowski passed away at the age of 74. He had some complications from uh, some sort of lower leg injury that he suffered while he was skiing. Um, I don't really know much of the details of, of how he died, but certainly uh, really tragic that he did uh, pass away. Anytime anybody dies, it's it's a sad day for sure. But Okanowski was, was a truly unique character. I know that anybody that ever met him or knew him knew that. Since we inducted him into the Montana Football Hall of Fame, he was so honored and loved it so much that he came back. We give the opportunity for our inductees after they're inducted to come back and celebrate in the in the uh, the ceremonies that we do each each summer. And um, some of our inductees come back perennially. Some of them uh, can't make it back, busy time, or, and sometimes it's it's hit and miss. It's sporadic. But Okanowski loved it, and and he made sure to come back each year after we inducted him. So the last two years, one of my favorite things. When on, on Friday night, the banquet's usually on Saturday. Friday night, we always have a social, and, and everybody gets together, and everybody's talking and, and hanging out. And one of my favorite things was just listening to Steve Okanowski tell stories. So uh, certainly a, a gut punch this morning when you heard. And uh, happy trails. Happy trails to a, an all-time great Grizzly, a 
one-of-a-kind individual, a man who dedicated his life to helping young people after his NFL career was over. He played in the NFL for, for six years. If you want to read more about just his story and, and some of the stories that he tells, go check out SkylineSportsMT.com. And if you, you click on the search tag, if you just search Steve Okanowski, it's spelled O-K-O-N-E-W-S-K-I. But he told me so many great stories, like when he was – he was in between teams. He didn't know where he was going to be or what his NFL future was. So he was spending the summer in Montana fishing. That sounds pretty good. That sounds like a heck of a lot of us. He said he was having some some uh, sodas down there at the Stockman Bar. And somebody looks over at him and says, you Steve Okanowski? He says, yeah, why? What's it to you? And he says, well, you just got traded to the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> He's like, how do you know that? Guy pulls out the Missoulian, and he says in the transactions, there's Steve Okanowski. This is like in the late, in the mid-1970s, so there's no cell phones, there's no internet. I'm not sure if Okanowski had an agent or not, but certainly he had not been anywhere close to a phone for someone to actually tell him this. He'd just been fishing and swimming in the river and then, you know, having some beers. And so the guy tells him that he gets traded to the Green Bay Packers. That's just one of so many different stories. When it comes to Steve Okanowski's uh, outstanding career. But then after his post-NFL career finished, he was a coach. His time in Green Bay, he, he talks about that being such a turning point in his life because then he spent a lot of time um, in that part of the world, in Wisconsin. He was a high school coach, won a state championship. He mentored a lot of different young men over the years. So uh, certainly uh, a life worth remembering, a total throwback, one of the most unique people I've ever met. His stories from everybody from uh, Norm Van Brocklin to Jack Elway to Jack Swarthout to O.J. Simpson. I mean, this guy had stories about everybody, and I'll just miss him so much, man, because he was just one of the great storytellers uh, I ever met. So that's the uh, that's the sad news of the day. Steve the Oak Okanowski uh, passes away at the age of... 74. Uh, my other best of the weekend. Uh, fun night at Dahlberg Arena on Saturday. Good crowd there. Uh, an interesting deal because, you know, what does it mean to be a senior this day and age, especially in men's college basketball? This senior night was an interesting one because you have five seniors on the Grizz basketball team, all of whom have completely different stories. Brandon Whitney, who we'll hear from in just a little while. He's a, a four-year starter. Been here for four years. He might have another year left. He doesn't know what he's going to do. Josh Vasquez, this is his fifth year. He's played for all five years, but he's been within the same program. Those two guys, that itself makes you a little bit unique this day and age in college hoops. But then you have a guy like Deshaun Thomas. The Grizz recruited him out of high school. He goes to Colorado State for several years, but then they recruit him again. He comes on back to the University of Montana. You got a guy like... Lalu Oke, he's a Division II guy, not, not even D1 coming out of high school. He completes four years at Metro State, then he transfers to Montana, plays another two here for the Grizz. And then, of course, Anand Moody, who's become a crowd favorite. He's on his third school. He's in his seventh year. It's totally unorthodox. I don't know if I agree with all that in broad premise, like a guy getting to play in, into his mid-20s and be in his seventh year of college hoops, but... I'm sure as heck glad Anand Moody decided to play in the Big Sky Conference. And I'm sure as heck glad I got to watch Anand Moody compete because he's a, he's a showman 
like almost no one else. He's got a flair for the dramatic. He didn't shoot it particularly well on Saturday night, but his two threes down the stretch were the pivotal threes. They were the pivotal moments in that game. So we will hear from uh, Brandon Whitney, um, Onan Moody, and Deshaun Thomas just like 90 seconds with each of these guys. Uh, here uh, during the Montana Basketball Hour. And then the other best of the weekend, I thought this was an interesting news blurb. Josh Bannon, who could have been a senior here at the University of Montana, instead he forgo, he uh, decided to forego his senior year and uh, has been playing for the Brisbane Bullets in the top Australian league. He's from Australia, from Melbourne. Yesterday, I guess over the weekend at some time, he announced that he will be declaring for the NBA draft. I am so intrigued by this. My, my my mind went all the way down the talk radio uh, rabbit hole on this one because there's certain things that I think makes Josh Bannon a, at least a, a fringe NBA player. I think he's going to get an opportunity. I mean, being 6'10 and a half, 6'11, I mean, he is, he's real deal 6'10. He can jump. He's athletic. He can handle the ball. He can play on the perimeter. Judging by both his numbers and the videos that I've seen, he's fixed his shot. That was the thing that held him back big time at Montana. He had this like weird glitch hitch thing in his left-handed shot. His shot looks a lot better, and his percentages bear that out. He looks a lot better at shooting the ball. I mean, for example, his last game out for the Brisbane Bullets, he went 12 of 14 from the floor. So he's got versatility. Uh, he's a exceptional rebounder, and I do think that statistics in basketball, the statistic that translates the best from level to level is rebounding. If you are a double-digit type rebounding player, if you're averaging 10-plus rebounds per game at whatever level you're playing at and you're looking to go to another level, that almost always translates. Like, are, are you going to directly... I mean, is he going to go average 12 rebounds per game in the NBA? No, hell no, he's not. But is he going to be able to rebound in the NBA? Maybe. It all comes down to, though, who can you guard? That's the thing in the NBA that's either the make or the break for pretty much... Everybody, especially these big guys that maybe play on the perimeter a little bit, but also have to play down in the post. So this is just interesting. So we will talk about this a little bit more uh, as the sh- the day and the week uh, goes along. Andrew, your initial impressions on uh, on Josh Bannon going to the league? I know you wrote a great story. Speaking of SkylineSportsMT.com, if you go to Skyline Sports, you can read that Steve Okanowski profile. Uh, I got your text, Brooks. My brother Brooks is texting me saying, bump the story to the top of the feed. Uh, will do. We'll do that. In short order, uh, so you can mem- remember Steve Okanowski, but also maybe we'll bump Josh Bannon's story as well because Andrew wrote a good one about him last year. Um, and sort of the hook was he is a pro, like he's been a pro, and, and he trains like a pro. He's been in the pro system. His dad has pro basketball connections in in Australia. So the work ethics there. What do you think of him though as an NBA prospect, especially a draft prospect coming up in this upcoming draft? Well, yeah, really interesting. I think I'm not surprised that he did it at all because there's not a ton of downside to this, right? You take your shot at the NBA, even if he doesn't make it, he's going to be playing in Australia for the next decade, right? They'll take him back in that league no matter what. So, So go and take your shot at it. I like that he's doing that. Like you, I, I think he has a lot of great qualities to his game, and I think what I said to you when he announced it is he's just not going to hurt himself. That's right. There are things that he cannot do in the NBA. True. But he's not going to try to do those things, and he's not going to take anything off of the table. He can shoot, he can defend, he can rebound. He's going to try really hard to do all of those things. Uh, he's a smart basketball player, and you think maybe... 
there might be a little bit more upside with him as well because half of my story was about just how he's managed to improve his game and add things and add skills to his game while he was at Montana. Seems like he's been able to do that in the Australian League as well. If he has a couple more years of development in the league, what does he look like? I think he could potentially keep adding things to his game, keep polishing his game, get a little bit better. Uh, You know, he had that workout with the Pacers when he left Montana last season before he went to Australia, so he's... He's gotten that experience, too, of going against other draft prospects and going through the process a little bit. I'm excited to watch where this goes, and like I said, there's no real downside for him. If this works out, that's great. I think he's a guy who could certainly hang around the NBA for for at least a couple years, maybe longer than that. If it doesn't work out, he's going to be playing in Australia until he gets too old to do it. So why not take the shot now while you got the chance? No, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Andrew Houghton chiming in here. Josh Bannon uh, headed to the NBA draft. He's been playing for the Brisbane Bullets, former Grizz power forward. You know, that's the thing, too. When you talk about NBA draft prospects, so often guys get drafted when they're 19, 20, 21. They're getting drafted based on their physical gifts and ability and their, their to-that-point polish as players but then it becomes your job, and how much better can you get? Anthony Edwards is a prodigious athlete when he came out of the University of Georgia. What he was when he came out, compared to what he is now as a basketball player, there's a reason why he's an all-star, all-NBA caliber player. He's gotten like unbelievably better <laughs> since he came into the league. That's what you have to do when it is your job. So that's the thing is if you just can get in and you have that work ethic, that's where the sky becomes the limit. So we'll see. I was watching the uh, – I, I haven't watched hardly any NBA this year, but I was watching yesterday a little Nuggets Warriors uh, Sunday matinee. And I was thinking – and again, I don't want to bring this all the way back around. Dylan Jones from Weber State has just been our litmus test because he's an NBA prospect. And then Jay Billis has called him a first-round NBA pros- uh, draft prospect. Now Josh Bannon, where's he at? He's probably going to be, I don't know, if Josh Bannon lands on a top, on a top 50 somewhere, that's not going to surprise me. As a guy, maybe he's a second-round pick. G- projected. I'm, I'm not saying he's going to get drafted, but if somebody put him in their top 50 or top 60, maybe. We'll see. But I was just watching... The Nuggets, and this is unfair. The Nuggets are the defending NBA champions, and they also have this team that's built in, you know, when you have a centerpiece like Nikola Jokic, it's it's pretty pretty ridiculous what you can do with your lineups. But in the game yesterday, I was texting our guy Sean Rainey about this. He was actually the one that pointed out. He's like, look at Denver's lineup right now. They're playing Jokic. They're playing Aaron Gordon. They're playing Christian Braun, who's like 6'7". They're playing Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who's 6'5". And they're playing Jamal Murray, who's 6'4". Who it's not just a who can Dylan Jones guard. It's a who can anybody guard. Like When you're in an NBA game, you have to be able to guard one of those five guys. And I just don't know how you do that unless you're just an unbelievable elite player. So that's going to be the thing for Bannon. I think Bannon, I think his rebounding translates. I think his ball handling, if he keeps getting better, could make him at least a functional player. He's by no means uh, an elite shooter at the NBA level yet, but he has got better at that element. So maybe that's a little bit unique uh, just because he is so tall. Uh, So we'll see. Maybe we'll come back to this a little bit uh, later on in the week. But let's get into our Montana basketball hour. It's probably presented by Dazzler's Car Wash 
of Missoula. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter long at Dazzler's Car Wash. Here's your Big Sky scoreboard on the men's side from Saturday. One of the, well, I'd say little undertold stories right now in the Big Sky Conference is the improvements of Idaho. Well, now you might be thinking, Coulter, Idaho's like an 11-17 and 17 basketball team. What are you talking about? Well, Idaho hasn't won double-digit games in hoops in like five years. 11 wins is the most wins Idaho has won in men's basketball since they, in my opinion, unjustifiably fired Don Verlin. The Zach Klaus days in, in, in Moscow were disaster. Idaho, when they first came back in the league, they were really fun. They're really good. They have not been good. Well, now under first-year head coach Alex Pribble, they're at least a little bit better. They got five conference wins. They got 11 wins overall, including an 86-76 win over Northern Arizona in Flagstaff. <laughs> Idaho State, <laughs> just owning Weber State still. It's so funny because Idaho State whooped Weber State in Ogden. Then Eric Duft went crazy in the postgame. Then Weber State won six in a row, including beating Eastern Washington in Cheney last week. Well, it all comes back down to earth for the Wildcats. And the Bengals, they still got Weber's number. They beat Weber 80-62. to Miguel Tomley, 26 points. Braden Parker, 25 points. Uh, it's a great win for Idaho State. That's a terrible loss for Weber State. Just last week, I think either Thursday or Friday's show, I proclaimed that I believed that Weber State was officially a, a contender for the Big Sky title. I still think they are just because they have some of the best talent in the league. I mean, they have the best player in the league in Dylan Jones. Despite our uh, endless scrutiny of him, he's still one of the best players in the conference, period. But that's a bad loss uh, in Pocatello. Sac State, a huge win. And again, that's a bad loss for Montana State as well. 66-63, the Hornets win uh, in Bozeman. Eastern Washington goes on the road and gets a huge win, 85-76 over Northern Colorado. That keeps them in first place, actually gives them a two-game lead in first place. And then here uh, in Missoula, Montana beats Portland State 82-73. to I thought the Grizz looked really good in this game in terms of being able to keep their composure and finish it. So hard to have a consistent effort against Portland State because what does Portland State want? Nothing but chaos. They still have this crazy pressing style where they want to speed you up. They can go on runs, but Montana was able to answer each and every time Portland State went on runs, including when Portland State went on a little 6-0 spurt to tie the game at 70, but then on and Moody hit back-to-back three-pointers and the Grizz win going away, and that's a big win for Montana. They now won four in a row, and they seem to be peaking at the right time. We'll hear from three of their seniors in just a little while, but let's first hear from Travis DeKeer. Here's just about three minutes of his post game following his team's 82-73 win over Portland State in Missoula on Saturday. That's a pretty big win. What do you think your team's mentality come into it and how are you able to get it done? We wanted to be the aggressor. We knew we see pressure and we wanted to attack the press and turn it into quick offense. I thought we got a good start with that. Fatigue shut in a little bit. Their aggression uh, increased a little bit. We had that lull with some turnovers and whatnot. But I thought it was our lack of scoring that kind of increased their level of intensity, missed free throws, missed open shots. Uh, but I, I thought our, our team showed some growth tonight playing through the adversity. You, you basically controlled the whole game, even though they keep coming. So, like, what does that say about your team? Well, this is, you know, that's the thing about us. They play spurts. And every once in a while, they can break you. 
with their spurts. And, you know, on the road, and Idaho State up 10, I think, with four minutes to go in the game, and Idaho State finds a way to win that game. Um, that's just what they do, and you got to be able to weather the storm. And sometimes it's three or four storms, and tonight it was probably two or three. And our guys did a good job of weathering it. They had a spurt late to cut it right close. How'd you finish it? Hung in there. I, you know, I think the media timeout saved us a little bit with the fatigue. We settled down, uh, created a new press break, give them a different look, get the ball in bounds, and then the guards were really aggressive when we got it in. They couldn't trap us. Uh, and when we have a full shot clock, we were getting really good shots. So once we were able to get an open court, it was fine. And, and I thought the guys just did a good job of staying aggressive. To send these seniors out with a, a nice win on senior night, what's that mean to you? I love it. Um, you know, we haven't always been successful on senior night because it's so emotional. And this is a place where the parents show up. These guys always have a lot of family. Sometimes it's family that's never been here. And I think it's pretty emotional for those guys. It's very difficult. Um, and so for us to come out and play as well as we did uh, tonight, is, I'm, I'm happy. Listen to Riley's pregame. You said this is one of the best groups in terms of chemistry they have had. Why is that, and also how much does that cater to you guys' successes here? It's a very selfless group. Um, I, I think that they all want to be successful. Most of them want to be professional basketball players, but they don't let those dreams get in the way of the success of the group. I think they do a good job of um, celebrating each other's successes. Um, but the most important thing is they just spend a lot of time together off the court. And when you spend quality time and you get to know each other outside of basketball, it's a lot easier to be a family in, on the court and in the locker room. And I just think this group's done a good job of Now you have three more, and then you have the tournament. So how do you sort of balance what you're emphasizing these next, you know, 10 to 12 days? You know, we, our identity won't change. We, we still want to keep playing better on defense. Total team under 40% tonight is huge. Uh, we want to continue to be aggressive offensively. The most important thing for us is to stay fresh and stay confident and get to Boise and try to be one of the hotter teams in Boise. Right now, we're probably the hottest team with the longest win streak. Uh, and so we just try to see if we can build on it. Peaking at the right time. That's the goal uh, for the Grizz men. I'm remiss to mention it was senior night on Saturday. And because there was all the fanfare and everybody's parents were there and they're giving them the framed jerseys. I'm an idiot. I forgot that they have a Monday game at in Missoula uh, to finish up the season. The ladies are at home Thursday, Saturday, and then they play on the road on Monday. Do I have this correct? And then the, the Grizz play Idaho State on Monday. So I think everybody was confused, though, too, because I asked Brandon Whitney and Anna and Moody and Deshaun Thomas about playing in their last home games, and nobody was like, oh, we still have one more. So they were also sold on the celebration, but the Grizz actually do have one more home game, uh, and it's uh, a, a week from today against Idaho State then before they play uh, in Boise. It's Noah's Dow, ESPN Radio. It's the Montana Basketball Hour, proudly presented by Dazzler's Car Wash. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated all winter long with Dazzler's Car Wash. We'll hear from a trio of those Grizz seniors on the other side. Brandon Whitney, Deshaun Thomas, Honor Moody. Next, keep it right here, ESPN Radio.
Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. When I was nine years old, I never forget this, held a birthday party at my house, my parents' house, and invited some of my neighborhood buddies, uh, a couple of whom had older brothers. And if you have older brothers, especially this is back in, you know, this is in the mid-1990s when uh, if you had older brothers, that means you had access to CD players and stuff like that. CDs, just albums. Because there's no internet. So people weren't downloading all this music all the time. You couldn't watch it on YouTube. I know for you young people out there, younger than me, I can still consider myself a young person. And for all those you know, 20-somethings out there, this is a foreign concept to you. But I never forget one of my good buddies who's still around town, who I, I still talk to a lot and that uh, uh, we still keep up with in golf and stuff like that. He gave me, he had his older brother go get it for him. A copy of Pearl Jam's 10. So I listen to Pearl Jam 10 on the, uh, after I get it for my ninth birthday. Love it. So then all of us neighborhood kids are listening to this. Well, then Pearl Jam drops their second album, Yield. And that song, Go, was the first track on the album. I remember being like 10 or 11 years old and just absolutely going crazy over that album and how stoked we were all about it. That's all to say that this was like some of the music, my favorite music as a kid and as a youth. Well, now here we are in the year of 2024, and Pearl Jam is coming back to Missoula. Can't wait. A little August. Oh, it's going to be so good. That, that week in August is going to be crazy for Missoula. I feel for those facilities, people, down at the University of Montana, because it's going to be pink, Pearl Jam and Tyler Childers, same week, Washington Grizzly Stadium. But how cool is that that we have a little town in the heart of the Rocky Mountains that's getting those three acts in one week at one of the great stadiums in all the Northwest. Pretty sweet. Swaz Dow, ESPN Radio. Hope you're having a great start to your week. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Thanks so much for tuning in, whether you're on 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television, or the ESPN MT app. It's our Montana Basketball Hour. It's probably presented by Downsler's Car Wash of Missoula. Senior night down at uh, the University of Montana. So let's hear from three of the seniors. They celebrated five of them. Uh, Lalu Oke had a, uh, another nice 
game in terms of rebounding. He had nine rebounds. Josh Vasquez didn't make a shot, but he did score six points, all of them at the free throw line, and those proved to be pinnacle. But uh, several nice games by the Grizz seniors, including Deshaun Thomas leading the way with 20 points and nine rebounds. Anna Moody and Brandon Whitney each had 17 points. So we'll hear from all three of those guys here. Uh, and let's just start it off with Brandon Whitney. Brandon Whitney's a guy that's joined us on this show quite a bit. He's a, he's a soft-spoken guy, but he's a thoughtful guy. And now here he is at, well, at least potentially, winding down his Grizz career. He could come back for a, a fifth year if you would like, but he's been a four-year starter. He's been a big-time contributor, and I think his improvements this year, his steadiness this year has been absolutely key for the Grizz men's basketball team. Here's the senior point guard for Montana following his team's win over Portland State. Uh, so first of all, take me through the stretch run of this. Like th- This is like a back-and-forth game, but also you guys were in control the whole time. So how first of all, how hard is it to stay in control of the game against a team like that that's just trying to cause utter chaos? Yeah, uh, you just got to come together as a team, uh, stay composed. Uh, obviously, you said they're really aggressive uh, coming up the court, but... Yeah, you just got to stay together. Um, any turnovers, have each other's back, and just stay together. Coming into this, what were you thinking about? I mean, you might have another year left, potentially your last home game at Montana. How are you feeling? Um, a little bit sad. You know, I've been here for four years. Yeah, um, yeah like you said, I do have another year. I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet. Um, but I just wanted to come in, play as hard as I can, and compete against them. So. What's it been like being here for the last four years? Uh, it's been fun. Uh, learned a lot on the court and off the court. I love um, the whole coaching staff, uh, the friendships that I made on this team uh, throughout my four years. So it was fun. I loved it. You guys have had a, a interesting year, kind of up and down, up and down. But here you are. Now you're up. You're thriving at the right time. So how do you finish this deal? Uh, just keep the same um, competitiveness, competitiveness that we have. Uh, and like I said, it's all just we just got to come together and we know uh, the level that we can play at uh, when we play well. Favorite part about being a Grizz? Um, playing in front of this community. Uh, the community is huge here and it's really fun. Uh, what have you learned from this whole experience? Um, I've learned a lot, um, but I would say one of the things that I've learned is there's going to be uh, things that don't go your way, but at the end of the day, you still got to keep going, keep fighting, and don't let that affect you. Still got to keep going, keep fighting, and don't let it affect you. Wise words from a young man. Brandon Whitney here on Nuanas Now. It's the uh, Montana Football Hour. Actually, excuse me, Montana Basketball Hour. Sorry. I forgot to change it in my notes here. We do the Montana Football Hour so often. Tease for some football stuff coming up later on this week. Uh, we talked last week, actually three different times on the show, about some of the new coaches uh, in the state of Montana. So that got me thinking, well, I should reach out to some of these guys. So uh, on the Montana State side of things, we will hear from both new coordinators for the Bobcat football team uh, this week. Bobby Daly, a Helena Capital product, a former All-American player himself at Montana State, and now the new defensive coordinator there for the Bobcats. He'll join us at 5 p.m. on Wednesday for our ESPN Roundtable. And they're still working on the timing of it, but uh, on either Thursday or Friday, we're going to hear from Tyler Walker, who's the new offensive coordinator there uh, for Montana State as well. And then a little later on down the road, 
Uh, we'll hear from Chucky Keaton, quarterbacks coach there at MSU, and Jody Owens, uh, who's now the new safeties coach, uh, who was an all-time great linebacker there himself. So uh, it'll be fun to catch up with those guys. A uh, couple of them have uh, – Bobby Daly's been on the show before, as has Tyler Walker. Jody Owens is a, an old friend of mine, a guy I've, I've known since his playing days that I always have kept up with. Uh, so it'll be fun uh, catching up with those guys. It'll also be fun getting to know Chucky Keaton, former Utah State quarterback, who's uh, now the new quarterbacks coach there at MSU. And uh, we'll have some Grizz content as well to offset that, so uh, have no fear. Montana Basketball Hour, as I was saying, (laughs) presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Deshaun Thomas, uh, he's had an an unbelievable year this year. Travis DeKeer said in his pregame with Riley Corcoran that he thinks that Deshaun Thomas was the player in which that has improved across the board the most in a two-year span in, his, in Travis DeCure's 10 years coaching at Montana, those are pretty lofty words. But Thomas has certainly bought into what they need him to be. And uh, he's going to have a future playing basketball after this year is done at Montana. We had a great senior night, 20 points and uh, eight rebounds. Also had a block shot and a steal. Here's Deshaun Thomas following his team's win over Portland State. So, first of all, this game was a back and forth, but... It was weird, back and forth. You guys were in control mostly the whole time, though, too. How do you stay in control against a team like that? Because that, all that all they want is chaos. Yeah, um, honestly, just got to stay together. Uh, we knew coming in it was going to be a wild game. They were going to, like you said, chaos. So we just try to stay together as much as possible and just stick with it and kind of slow the game down as much as possible. Senior night. So what were you thinking coming into this? Honestly, just a lot of energy. Just go out there, senior night, just go try to have as much fun as possible. Trav and the staff, they recruited you at the beginning and then another time as well. So it's sort of interesting that it's come full circle. So what has this whole thing meant to you? How would you put this in perspective? Man, just just blessed. Just grateful to be here. Uh, I've loved it here for my two years I've been here. And just it was great to get a win on senior night. What's the potential of this basketball team? Man, it's, it's up to us. Uh, the sky's the limit for this team. We just got to come with it every day and just be ready to uh, work. I agree that this guy's a limit uh, because, well, for a variety of reasons. First of all, the Grizz are coming together at the right time right now. That they have good chemistry. You heard Coach Takir talk about that at the beginning of the show. Uh, he said that he thinks this is the best chemistry that uh, this team has had. Uh, that a, a team of his has had is actually what he said. That's such a huge part of basketball. We know it is, but somehow it's still underrated. I think it's among the most important parts. This time of year, especially in men's college basketball, which teams still want to be around each other? Which teams still want to be playing? Who are playing for each other? This Grizz team's certainly playing for each other. One of the guys that has really set the tone for this Grizz team the last couple years since transferring in has been Anand Moody. And I think that there's a, a distinct portion of this dynamic where when you're around each other for multiple years, then you can have those hard conversations. You can call each other out. You can work on stuff. You can actually be a family. Anna Moody talks about exactly that after his 17-point effort against Portland State. How'd you close that one out? Man, great toughness. Uh, We wanted it more. That's about it. How tough is that team to first prepare for, second finish off? So hard to prepare for. Just unexpected. (laughs) 
you don't know who's going to go off. You don't know what scheme they're going to run. You don't know what they're going to do defensively. It's really hard. You just got to manage the game while you're in it. But when you're in it, though, to keep them sort of one step behind, that's like the key to the whole thing, right? Yeah, you just got to stop runs. When they get on runs and they have energy, you got to find a way to stop it and uh, be a buzzkill to their uh, their energy and their, their offense. Well, our crowd did a great job of doing that, too. So. Then you hit that three. The other thing went on like a 5 nothing run. It's tied. You hit another one. How big of a turning point was that? Yeah, it was it was huge. It was like ping pong the whole game. It was just back and forth, back and forth. But um, luckily, uh, we got the ace at the end of the game. This group of seniors, though, how are you guys feeling coming into the game? And you specifically, how are you feeling? Just confident, grateful, um, not going to waste a moment. Going to take it, savor it all, and put our best out there, especially, uh, you know, all the seniors, exactly. It's a, it's such an interesting time in college sports. And you guys have, first of all, five seniors. That's a rare thing. Second of all, pretty much everyone is a different situation. Whether they're a fourth year, or fifth year, multiple transfers, multiple different, you know, multiple year guys has been able to make this thing work. Uh, just togetherness, you know, off the court, we're really good friends. I think that helps when you're on the court together. Um, we just have a will to win. We just have a really good chemistry that carries over. What's the potential of this team? First place. First place. We just got to handle business. We got, um, you know, the bad guys in Washington that we're looking to take down. And then after that, you know, it's just one game at a time. So. Adam Moody here on Nuanas Now. He was emotional in that interview. You could tell he he was short and to the point. And uh, I appreciate, though, his the mindfulness that he operates with. That was a long time after the game got over, by the time I got around to him. Because I interviewed all five seniors. We're going to do a little quick-hitting podcast about those guys. And and uh, also we're going to use that for some of our feature story stuff headed into the Big Sky Tournament in Boise in a couple weeks. But Adam Moody, was, he was soaking it all in. He was signing the autographs and, and standing on the court and looking around and taking it all in. And I think part of that comes from being older, but part of it just comes from, from how he's wired as well. And... Uh, it's been fun to get to know him. Uh, I appreciate him a lot. And uh, he's, a, he's a great, great young man. And uh, it's been fun watching him play basketball, but also just fun getting to know him as a as a person as well. So now, now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, uh, and the ESPN MT app. We'll take a look at the standings. Who's rising? Who's falling? What's the scenarios headed into the final weekend of the Big Sky Conference basketball season, both men's and women's? That's next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Radio Missoula. No, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It's our Montana Basketball Hour, proudly presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. I didn't even give you your women's basketball score reward from the Big Sky Conference. So let's do that quickly. Eastern Washington beats Northern Colorado 68-63. to That's 23 wins and counting for Eastern Washington. That is already the most in their school's history. They're gunning for their first Big Sky outright conference title since 2010, which would only be the second in the history of Eastern Washington women's basketball. So an all-time great year under third-year head coach uh, Jody Gleason. Montana State, they got out a 55-51 win over Sac State. Idaho State, no problem with Weber, 72-57. Northern Arizona gets past Idaho and Moscow, 60-55. 
I'm Lady Grizz. 12 three-pointers, 76-65 over Portland State. So Lady Grizz get out of the weekend with a sweep, even though they had to completely pull one out Thursday night against Sac State. But now you, you count them all up, and, and uh, you're actually sitting pretty darn good if you're Montana. You're able to ride the momentum of a rivalry win into a weekend sweep on the road. Now you've won four in a row. You're sitting there at 11-4 and four in, in the conference standings, and uh, you're alone in third place. So Lady Grizz continue to climb. And here's a look at your Big Sky standings. Eastern's now 13-2 and two in league play. They're on a seven-game winning streak. So they went 10 in a row, lost two straight. They've gone seven in a row. So that's 17 out of 19 for Eastern Washington. Pretty darn good. I guess when you're 23-5, and five, that means you've won 23 out of 28. So that's, that's also uh, very good. Northern Arizona sits at 12-3 and three in league play. they got a second straight 20-win season under Lori Payne. This is a, a squad that's only won 20 games ever three times before Payne took over. Now back-to-back 20-win uh, seasons under the former Haver Blue Pony. Montana, 11-4, and four, and they need one more win for a 20-win season. Montana State's alone in fourth. They're at nine and six. Northern Colorado alone in fifth at eight and seven. Idaho State alone in sixth at seven and eight. Idaho is at six and nine. Then Weber four and eleven. Sac State four and twelve. And Portland State is two and fourteen. On the uh, men's side of things, Eastern Washington uh, their their men's win over Northern Colorado gives them a full two game lead in the standings. So they're at, uh, at twelve and three. In conference play, Montana and Northern Colorado each at 10 and 5 with three remaining. Weber is in fourth all alone at 9 and 6. Idaho State, Montana State tied for fifth at 7 and 8. Portland State's at 7 and 9. Northern Arizona 6 and 9. Idaho is 5 and 10. And Sac State is at 3 and 13. So uh, we are down to it. Crunch time. A two-game lead with three games to play is a, a, a formidable one if you're Eastern Washington. But they're going to have to get past the Grizzlies. And this is on both sides. Thursday is going to be a must-watch evening for both uh, the men and women uh, Montana-Eastern Washington matchups. On the men's side, Eastern Washington's beat Montana six out of the last eight times. On the women's side, I believe it's five out of seven in Eastern's favor. So they have certainly dominated the rivalry between these two for quite some time, but if Montana could win in Cheney on the men's side, now they'd they'd uh, they'd be down a game in the standings for the conference title with two games to play. On the women's side, the, the, the Lady Grizz are going to need a little bit of help because they are two games down. But you went head to head, and he cut a game off, and they need to be down a game, uh, one game with two games remaining as well. So. Thursday, enormous, enormous, enormous on both sides. Eastern Washington wins. Get each each of those squads one step closer to winning a conference title. Montana wins. You you shave a game when you're down two, which would be huge uh, as well. So this is a a fun time of year. We love when we get down two uh, this time of year. When it comes to the, the Bobcat side of things, that's a good win by Montana State uh, in Sacramento on Saturday because Sac State had been surging a little bit. Maybe that narrative's quieted off a little bit because they just got beat uh, both times this weekend, but they had won four out of six coming in after an 0-8 start in league. 
But MSU, they needed to have it because they lost to Portland State on Thursday. That's a letdown loss after you already lost in Missoula the, the Saturday before. So you had to have it if you're MSU. And uh, to be in fourth place with three games to play, that's a good result for Trisha Benford's squad. On the MSU men's side of things, they're struggling. They started 5-1, and one, and now they're sitting at 7-8 and eight in league play. And uh, they just have some glaring, glaring deficiencies. I mean, Matt Logie said it as succinctly and also as disappointingly as you could say it in the postgame press conference. He said, hey, Sacramento State's one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. We are the worst. And we got whipped on the offensive glass. And that's exactly right. I mean, Sac State had 11 offensive rebounds. The Cats had none. It's not something you're going to be able to overcome uh, if you're MSU. MSU's problems are, uh, I mean, they're not actually that hard to diagnose right now. Robert Ford, to me, looks banged up. He keeps grabbing his ribs when he gets knocked to the ground. The last couple weekends, teams seem to have figured out if you just deny Brian Garaki the ball on the perimeter, that limits him as a scorer quite a bit. Brandon Walker's a low down low offensively, but he's only about 6'6", so he has a hard time protecting the rim. And, and that's the, the, the biggest issues right now for the Cats are defensively they have a hard time protecting the rim. They are getting killed on the glass, offensive and defensive rebounding, and they just don't have any depth. They, they, their starting five is, is fine, and in fact, it's good. Robert Ford, Eddie Turner, Tyler Patterson, Brandon Walker, like that. That's those are those are four pretty good Big Sky players. But then after that is where the, they just take a step back and uh, not having Patrick McMahon this year certainly hurts Montana State. And it's a, the, the first year under Matt Logie certainly. Danny Sprinkle was going to be really tough to replace no matter what, so that's a, a part of it as well. You, you know. Raekwon Battle could be at MSU instead. He's at West Virginia. Great Osabar could be at MSU instead. He's at Utah State. All of it, though, was sort of uh, put to the, the the back of the conversation, the back of the room, because the Cats got off to such a good start. And that win over Northern Colorado early on, that was big time. I mean, at one moment, Montana State was sitting at 3-1 and one with a win over UNC, and the Grizz were sitting at 2-2 two and two with a loss to Northern Colorado at home. Well, now... Uh, it's the Grizz that are surging uh, on a four-game winning streak, and it's the Cats that have really struggled uh, over the last little while. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how this all plays out, but certainly a huge weekend coming up in the Big Sky uh, Conference on both the men's and women's sides. And almost all of that energy will be centered upon those Thursday matchups with Montana hosting Eastern Washington in women's basketball and the Grizz headed to Cheney in men's basketball. What went down in high school hoops at the various divisionals. We'll give you an update on Class A, Class B, and Class C on the other side. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 